for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! And welcome in to the podcast... Uh, you, this episode will not be released on July 4th, but we are recording it on July 4th, so we might as well give you guys a happy 4th of July, happy Independence Day, hope you're grilling out some hot dogs, hamburgers, putting on some sunscreen, hopping in a pool somewhere, we hope you're living it up on America's birthday, uh, but we've got to get you the content you deserve, so we're out here on the morning of the 4th. Doing the pod, just like we like it. So how we feeling, man? Happy 4th of July, Jaden. Happy 4th of July to you too, man. And guess what? For those that don't have anything to do today, this will be coming out on the 4th of July today. So, oh, okay. all the better. All right. Um, yeah, all we right. we're putting this out today. We got to stick to the schedule, you know. One one YouTube video, then an Instagram post. We put the Instagram post out yesterday on the 3rd. So it should be out today unless something terrible happens in the next couple hours. Um but yeah, I'm really no, excited. Nothing terrible can happen. Nothing. Ter- it's, it's the America's fourth birthday. It's the fourth. Exactly. Yeah. It's America. Country. Yeah. But okay, it will be out today on the fourth because you all deserve it, and it's going to be some solid content because we are talking about the very interesting 25th ranked Las Vegas Raiders headed into the 2023 season. Uh, they got a second year head coach. Uh, they got a new QB in town. Uh, they got some pieces remaining. They sent away their great tight end that they used to have. A lot of shit happened with Vegas over this offseason. But let's dive into it to discuss for this coming season. So, 25th ranked Las Vegas Raiders. Let's start at the quarterback position. And personally, I've been pretty clear. I've never been fond of this guy uh, for the three and a half years that we've been doing this. And... Uh, Jaden seems to be always a little higher on him. I have been convinced in the past to dive full in to Jimmy G, but I need to see it this year. He's got the opportunity. He's got the money. He's got the weapons. So let's see what he can do. Jimmy G gets a contract for the Las Vegas Raiders over the offseason. And as Jaden continuously tells me, it's kind of like a phantom contract. They can abandon him after this year if they want. It's kind of fake. They're not committed to him after this year. So you're kind of just rolling the dice. But a lot of injury concern for Jimmy G. I mean, at first, it was a question mark whether or not we would see him in week one this year. Uh, that seems pretty likely now. Um, but Jimmy G's, I mean, he's dealt with injuries throughout his career. So we'll see how it pans out. But Jimmy G headed into a new situation going into 2023. I mean, as you mentioned, I am a Jimmy G guy more than most. I love what he brings to a team. I love the point guard type role that he can play for an offense. And this is one of the groups that you'd want him to do it with. You obviously have Devontae Adams, who is a top three receiver when he's healthy. You've got another, you know, Josh Jacobs, a long group of playmakers that we'll get to in a little bit. But he's going to be able to get the ball to these guys. And he knows McDaniel's offense. He understands these option routes. And it, this isn't an offense that's designed to be dumbed down for the quarterback. This is a complex offense that they're going to be running here. 
and Jimmy G knows how to handle it and knows how to run it. And I think there's a lot of value to that. Um, he's not going to give you the explosive plays that, you know, some of the top quarterbacks in the league will, but he's going to get the job done. He is your baseline average starting NFL quarterback. And uh, like I said, he's going to bring more consistency to this team than what they had last year in Derek Carr because it was so up and down so constantly with Derek Carr last year. And I think Jimmy G is going to bring a little bit more consistency here. I'm not promising that anything great is going to come from this team uh, because of Jimmy G, but I think that level of consistency is something that matters for this team. It's really just a matter of health. We know that Jimmy G has had some health problems in his past, but as long as he's healthy, I think they've got a shot to be one of the better offenses in the NFL. Yeah, for sure. And uh, people sometimes forget, like, Jimmy G was back up to Tom Brady. Uh, also, his head coach, Josh McDaniels, was the uh, offensive coordinator there. Uh, so Josh McDaniels got plenty of time to look at Jimmy G. Uh, obviously, saw what something that he liked because he's now a head coach in uh, two years now in Vegas and decided to pick up his guy because Derek Carr wasn't his guy. Like he was, he spoke up about how he's supportive of him, but what head coach isn't going to do that? And obviously you weren't supportive of him because they moved on. Uh, but you need a game manager for this kind of offense. I mean, we saw Tom Brady do it for many years successfully, you know? So we will see how Jimmy G, uh, I definitely have more faith. I feel like it's, uh, Oh, <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say I have more faith in Vegas than I did in San Fran, but he was pretty safe in San Fran, I will say. It falls more on the back of Jimmy G this year. But we'll see how it goes. It'll be a good time. Um, And they've got Brian Hoyer backing him up. And if Jimmy G, for some reason, does not play uh, to start the year, then Brian Hoyer will be the guy. And uh, we'll see how that goes. How old is Brian Hoyer again? 36. Seven. Off the top of the head. Not great. Not great. But two former Patriots quarterbacks that Josh McDaniels brought over. So, obviously, he's comfortable with familiarity. So, gotta love that. All right. Let's move on to the list of playmakers for the Las Vegas Raiders in the 2023 season. And we start with none other than once the best wide receiver in football, no question. Uh, you could probably still make that argument if you you wanted to it might be a little tough uh, but that is Devonte adams who signed a massive contract last offseason to be the wide receiver one in vegas for the foreseeable future and that was with the expectation we assume that he was going to have his college buddy up for the entirety of that contract uh but flash forward a year later and he's no longer got Derek carr he's got a jimmy g so we're not entirely sure how Devontae feels about that. I mean, he has a request to a trade. Obviously, he's committed to the future of the Las Vegas Raiders. But in, uh, in my opinion, Jimmy G is a downgrade over Derek Carr. And I think that Devontae Adams will suffer a little bit because of it. Because he had a, still a really great season last year. Uh, but as you go around, they also brought in Jacoby Myers from New England. Uh, he was the wide receiver one over there. Uh, not saying too much because they didn't really have a lot of wide receiver talent in New England. Uh, but Jacoby Myers definitely showed good flashes. Uh, and they still got Hunter Renfro there, who was a favorite target of Derek Carr while he was there. And uh, I assume Jimmy G would love him as well. Um, and then you got Josh Jacobs in the backfield. 
who I think is going to have a great season this year. Uh, Mitch is on the other side of the spectrum. We actually made a bet in the group chat the other day. Uh, but Josh Jacobs is set to have a massive season under Josh McDaniels. And then they lost their tight end, Darren Waller, and they brought in Austin Hooper, uh, PU. Uh, but, yeah, it kind of stinks to lose Darren Waller, but you still got a solid list of playmakers around you. So what's the outlook for this uh list of dynamic playmakers of the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, I, I'll pick up and kind of move backwards here. I, I I think getting rid of Darren Waller, while it hurts, you know, with this group of playmakers, I think it's a smart move. Darren Waller's 30 years old, and it doesn't feel like that because he came into the league a little later. Um, but getting, uh, I believe it was a third-round pick for him, I think is solid value. You're able to draft the tight end in the second round as well. He was getting paid towards the top of the tight end market. Now you get a lot cheaper there while you've got some uh, pretty high investments in other positions as well. I don't know where I'm at with Josh Jacobs, to be honest with you. I don't know if I would confidently say he's going to be fantastic this year, if he's going to be a dud this year. I mean, I remember this time last year we're talking about Josh Jacobs not being the RB1 on this team. Like, they drafted the running back. He Josh Jacobs played in the Hall of Fame game. Uh, and they, Plus, they didn't pick up his option. It kind of felt as if he wasn't even going to be they're starting running back and now we're here where we're talking about him as one of the five or six best running backs in the NFL because he played like it last year he really did um as far as this wide receiver room goes I think this is a weird one to be honest with you I don't know if I like it as much as everybody else I love Devontae Adams you know that um I still think that there's an argument to be made that he is the best wide receiver in the NFL um the only problem is I don't understand the Jacoby Myers signing like at all I him and Hunter Renfro are so similar they play the exact same way. They both need to be playing in the slot to be successful. I can't picture Jacoby Myers being successful as a perimeter receiver, and now you're going to be playing him that way. I I just, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to fit. I thought as soon as they signed Jacoby Myers that Hunter Renfro might become a trade target for teams. Like I, I remember saying for Pittsburgh, you know, pick him up in the slot. There's a couple other teams that could need a slot receiver like that. Um I think Buffalo would have been a fantastic fit for Hunter Renfro, to be honest with you, as well. Um, but they opt to keep him. And like I I just I don't see Jacoby Myers working out on the perimeter. So this is going to be a difficult one. I do think that Jimmy G is an upgrade over Derek Carr, especially the Derek Carr that we saw last year. Like the, the version of Derek Carr that Devontae Adams got to play with, Jimmy G, when healthy, is probably an upgrade over that guy. So... Hopefully we see an uptick in his production, which, you know, could land him as the best receiver in the NFL again. But this is the this is the bright spot for this team, this playmakers group. It is the first group, I believe. Well, no, because I guess. No, we had some quarterbacks ranking in the top half, but other than those other than Stafford and Kyler ranking in the top half, this is the first uh, unit that has been able to rank in the top half on offense, I believe. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, we've got them ranked at 15th. Um, among playmakers in the NFL. And, I mean, it's all because of Devontae Adams. I mean, this is a solid group, you know, even after losing Darren Waller. The fact that we had them at 15 after losing Darren Waller is really impressive. Um, don't say that, and I know we're getting back to quarterback talk, and we'll move on after this. But the only reason I say that Derek Carr was probably better than Jimmy G as far as production goes, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, as far as production goes, 
I feel like Devontae Adams did a lot better under Derek Carr and will do better than he will with Jimmy G. Now, as far as winning football games, I think Jimmy G is a better quarterback for this team. But yeah. he's going to be much more conservative. He's going to throw the ball less. Devontae isn't going to see as many like targets or catches as he did last mm-hmm. year, in my opinion. Uh, but obviously a very talented group of playmakers. So, All right. Let's move on into the offensive line for the Las Vegas Raiders. And we've got them rated pretty high, too. Uh, we've got them rated at 19th, uh, so not super high. Um, but definitely towards the middle of pack. Um, and, yeah, any guys you want to highlight among this group? You can just go right for it, man. I'm going to be honest. I was kind of surprised that everyone else was high on this group. I wasn't this high, I don't think. I think I had them around 23 or 24. Um, Colton Miller is one of the best left tackles we have in the league right now. Um, This is a very kind of stars and scrubs approach. This was a group that, if we did these rankings probably two years ago, would have their ranking would have started with a three. Um, But now they've they've made improvements. You know, we we've made it through the Alex Leatherwood era in Vegas, um, and they've brought in some guys that can really make an impact starting. I think Dylan Parham was a solid guard. I believe they were able to grab him in the third or fourth round last year. If we remember uh, last offseason, they didn't have four first, second, or I believe fifth round picks because of the Devontae Adams trade. Um, so they weren't able to really rebuild that roster as well as they would have liked to, but they've been able to get guys in here that can start. Andre James, solid starter. Jermaine Illuminor is another solid starter. Um, and then Alex Barr is coming from Notre Dame. That's just the Notre Dame lineage. If you are, you know, drafting at the end of round six, round seven, just start throwing darts on Notre Dame offensive linemen because this is like your worst case scenario is Alex Barr's being a below average starting lineman, but a starting lineman nonetheless. Yeah, sure. And uh, this is a line that has stayed mostly the same uh, from last year, if not like completely the same. And they helped Josh Jacobs get the most rushing yards in the league last year. So that's obviously got to mean good things for the offensive line. Reflects very well. And they carry the same group going into next year. So got to love that. All right. Let's move on from the O-line and dive into the front seven for the Las Vegas Raiders. And we got to start with the dude, Mason Crosby. Not Mason Crosby. Max Crosby. Jeez. Mason Crosby is a kicker and would not be very good Las Vegas Raiders. But Max Crosby is very good at that job. Uh, really came onto the scene last year and proved that he's, I mean, a top five, top six edge rusher in the league. You know, I'll let you debate that when mm-hmm. it comes to it. Uh, but then we go around the rest of the front seven here. You got Bilal Nichols at defensive tackle. He's put together some solid years recently. Uh, Chandler Jones. Um, obviously, he's getting up there. He's on the other side of uh, Max Crosby. Um, but Chandler Jones, I mean, he was <laughs> definitely not the same Chandler Jones as old that we saw last year. Uh, but, you know, he's still a big name. And then we got... Former Pittsburgh Steeler, if I'm not... Robert or am I crazy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There we go. There we go. Okay. Uh, but who do you want to highlight on this group, man, besides uh, Crosby and Chandler Jones? I mean, um, you can highlight them if you want because well, I appreci- they are I appreciate unit. you allowing me to highlight them. 
Um, Max Crosby, uh, if we want to, you know, really break down where he is among among edges, I do think he is firmly below Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons, T.J. Watt, Miles Garrett. Now it's a matter of is he at the bottom of that first tier or is he at the top of the second tier? And I, that's probably like, he's still probably edge rusher number five in the NFL, but do you consider him to be in that tier? Do you just consider him to be at the top of the next tier? It's kind of hard to tell, but man, this guy, you know, I believe it was two years ago uh, where he kind of burst onto the scene. It might've been his rookie year. I think it, no, the second season he had 45 pressures and 11 sacks. It's an insane conversion rate where he's converting almost a quarter of his um, pressures into sacks. He had like 108 pressures and 13 sacks this past season. So the the pressures numbers are jumping, which is obviously really what you want to see. I mean, obviously the sack numbers are great, and they've looked the same throughout his entire career, but he's become a much more impactful edge rusher over these last few years. He's really become one of the best. I remember when that season was going on, I was like, this guy is extremely overrated. Like we, he should not be in the same conversation as these elite guys because he's not generating as much pressure as these guys. But now he is, which is fantastic for Vegas. It really is. And, and we'll see that more. So when we get to the secondary here, it really is Max Crosby and everybody else on this defense right now. It, it does feel very reminiscent of the LA Rams that we went over uh, a few weeks ago that it's just Aaron Donald and it's everybody else. Um, they did try to solve that problem by signing Chandler Jones last year. He just wasn't as impactful as he had been in Arizona. Um, it just kind of feels like the end of the line for him. This might be his last big contract. It might be vet minimums from here on out for him. Um, but they also then tried to address that again this offseason with the drafting of Tyree Wilson at number seven. I believe this is the first guy uh-huh. whose face isn't on the depth chart who does get That's a picture what I'm saying, down bottom. Dude, I completely fucking forgot about yeah. Tyree Wilson, dude. It's, yeah. And I like feel pretty good about him, man. I, now, I, don't know. I am not a Tyree Wilson guy. <laughs> I, I didn't right. see it on tape. As much like I, I loved Will Anderson. I didn't really fully see it with Tyree Wilson. Plus the injury concern that came out a little late in the draft with his foot, and they were like talking about you know he might not be ready for camp. He might not be ready to go by the preseason. That's not a good sign for a guy who is not a developmental edge, but he is your general like tools prospect like Trayvon Walker was the year before where we're talking about him and we're like oh well he's got the wingspan he's got the height he's got the strength if he can put it all together he might be this good but he and the best part is he's in a situation in which he's going to learn from two of the best edge rushers you know Chandler Jones in his prime was a top seven or eight edge rusher in the league Max Crosby currently a top five or six edge rusher in the league. So he's going to really be able to sharpen his knives with these guys. I really, I I thought the draft pick was weird. I thought, you know, maybe quarterback, obviously we saw Will Levis slide another 25 picks before he went off the board. But if he would have, if they would have taken Will Levis at seven, I don't think anybody would have thought that they were crazy or anything like that. I also thought with Christian Gonzalez, who again also slid another nine slots, uh, still being on the board, I thought that would have been a nice move for them as well, as we'll see the secondary is hurting for help. But if he hits, 
and you have a pairing of Max Crosby and Tyree Wilson for the foreseeable future on this defense, you have a cornerstone and something you have a calling card on this defense that you haven't had in a very long time with those two edge guys, and they can be absolutely dominant for you. Uh, real quickly, we'll touch on everybody else. Uh, Jerry Tillery, Bilal Nichols, not going to hurt you, not really going to help you. I can't believe Jerry Tillery is still starting in the NFL after how poorly he started his career in L.A. Uh, former first-round pick, though, so everybody's going to give him a chance. Uh, Bobby Spillane, Steelers legend. Uh, never forget for the rest of my life when he met Derrick Henry in he stuffed Derrick Henry on the goal line. He didn't score on that play specifically, but he did break Bobby Spillane's collarbone. So, um, love him to death, but yeah. Um, and then I mean, if you're going to go on head, if you're going to go head on with Derrick, you better be prepared so many ways in an ambulance. That that can end. Yeah. Yes. Um, but this linebacker duo, probably one of the worst in the league. I think Divine Diablo is a fine player. I think Bobby Splain is a fine player. I Mitchell wrote him in as the breakout candidate, and I was like, you know what, man? I, I love me some Bobby Splain. At one Bless point, you. at one point, I was like, man, this could be the next great Steeler linebacker for about two weeks. Um, and then he, he's just so athletically limited. Like you can't really ask him to be that guy. Um, but I love him to death, so and I hope he does well here in Vegas. So um, best of luck to him. But overall, it's going to be very contingent on what Chandler Jones we get and what Tyree Wilson we get in this year because we know what we're going to get from Max Crosby, and quite frankly, we know what we're going to get from these other guys, and it's not that great. It's just dependent on that other edge spot that could move this group maybe into the top 20 and could move this defense up because let me tell you, if Tyree Wilson comes out the gates firing, this could be – a much better defense than we're anticipating. We have them pretty low in the rankings, but a edge duo like that really raises the floor of this defense. Last thing on the front side, do you think that they could move Chandler Jones to like, an, I know because he's played outside linebacker before, but he's old now. So well, probably was He was that. always an edge. He maybe played some of that in New England because New England likes to use their guys in that way. But he hasn't played that since New England. Like he, he's he's a not a hand in the dirt. He's a stand up edge. But he, they can't play him in coverage anymore. I mean, so how are they going to get Tyree on the field? They're going to. So it, it was kind of difficult to put it in with this, with the way that I have the depth chart graphic. But they can run five. Like they can okay. put Ty, Tyree Wilson is big enough to the point where he can play like a hybrid D end with Chandler Jones on a wide nine type situation or Max Crosby in a wide nine, but it's, it's going to be kind of weird seeing that. And, and quite honestly, they could just rotate those guys. If they really want to run a four man front, they can just rotate those two in and out. And, you know, Chandler Jones is only going to be able to play so many snaps in a given year. Plus we don't know what Tyree Wilson's injury situation is. So as long as he's healthy, I think he'll, you know, by the end of the year, we'll start seeing more of a 70-30 split between their snaps, and I think this might be Chandler Jones last year. I don't know what the contract situation is for them getting out of Chandler Jones' contract, but I think this might be his last year in Vegas, just based on the fact that Tyree Wilson is here now, and they're, you know, it was a three-year, $51 million contract, not this past offseason, but the previous one, so he's only got one year left after this year, and $17 million is a lot to be paying a guy who's coming off the bench for you. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, uh, spend a lot of time on the front seven, but good news, we're not going to spend much time on the secondary because it stinks. It smells bad. 
We have them ranked at 31st among the 32 teams in the National Football League. Uh, God, you know it's bad when you look around and they all got different jerseys on. Yeah. Uh, uh, who do you want to talk about, man? I'll let you take the floor. Um, Trayvon Morig was a guy that I really liked. Uh, he is not our highlight player here, but he is one of the highlighted players here. Um, I did like him better than Javon Holland to come out, so shit on me. But um, I still think he's a great player. I keep – my light keeps going out, and it's driving me. I, I just like – I got to – I feel awful. For Fourth of July, man. It's I, I know. Fucking fireworks. I mean, we'll talk about that later. Um, but <laughs> Morag, I think – is a good player and he played well in his rookie year. I would say he was like, if we were going into last season, Javon Holland and Javon Morick were like this, just like they were in the draft that they came out in. But Javon Holland took a big step up this year and Trayvon Morick took a big step down. And unfortunately, you know, that happens sometimes. Uh, I still believe in his, I still believe in his athletic ability. I still believe in his coverage ability. Um, and I still think he can be a very good safety in this league now paired with Marcus Epps as well, who played a lot of snaps for the NFC champion Eagles last year, um, was part of that great secondary, was the worst player on it, but that's because it was Darius Slay, James Bradbury, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Like, that's about as good as a group you're going to find in the NFL. Um, and he was really, he really shined in that role. I do think that, you know, maybe that's him having help from the front seven and those other guys in the secondary with him, but he looked good on a consistent basis. Now the real problem spot for me is these corners. Uh, Nate Hobbs is a fine, good player, um, athletically gifted. He's going to be a slot only type for you, but Duke Shelley, David Long, Brandon face on. Not guys you want playing consistently. Um, I I do think that Brandon Faison takes this starting job uh, from David Long. I don't really trust David Long. There was a reason why L.A. let him go. And take a look at L.A.'s secondary and where they're ranked. Um, There's a reason why we have this group at 31. There's not a whole lot of room for optimism here. It's really just like you're hoping for a break for a you know, kind of fixing of his season for Trayvon Morig as well as Nate Hobbs as well, taking a jump. But that's why when I was saying, you know, Tyree Wilson is great, but what I have probably considered Christian Gonzalez, I, I mocked Devon Witherspoon to them on multiple occasions. Obviously he wasn't there for them to take, but you really need help in this secondary. You really need some upside. And quite frankly, they just don't have it right now. And that's why this group's ranked 31st. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, it could lead, lead to a lot of shootouts or potential shootouts. And we'll see if Jimmy G can be the guy to uh, the lead yes. teams to victory in shootouts. Uh, but, yeah, okay. All right. We move on to the uh, coaching for the Las Vegas Raiders in 2023. And it looks the same that it did last year because they still have their guy at the helm, Josh McDaniels, former offensive coordinator. The great years in New England as they won many Super Bowls with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Uh, but once Josh McDaniels got his opportunity last year, he didn't look that great. Uh, there was a lot of complaints. Uh, I know Devontae Adams talked about how complicated the offense was, and it probably he's probably not going to get it down in year one. Uh, obviously, he still seemed he figured something out uh, because he had a hell of a season last year. Uh, but this offense is complicated, which is no surprise, and uh, they bring in a new QB to try to figure it out. But 
Josh McDaniels, I mean, he has a great track record, you know, as a coordinator. Subpar first season. What do we think of Josh McDaniels going into season two? I mean, our thoughts on Josh McDaniels speak pretty loudly in the ranking here. Uh, they are going to be ranking 30th for us. It's not exactly glowing because it starts with a three. Starting with a three is not a good thing in these rankings of 32 teams. Um, <laughs> however, I do think that we'll see improvement uh, from this group. I think that he will look better as a result of having Jimmy G. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But having a quarterback that you're comfortable with that knows this offense, that, like you said, Devontae Adams said it, this is a very, very complex offense, and I, quite frankly, I don't think Derek Carr can handle it. I think Jimmy G can handle it. Jimmy G knows it. That's he fair. understands these options. He, these option routes are extremely difficult to understand for both the quarterback and the guys running the routes. And when that comes in and you, you know, you're coming off of a great season and when you add a Devontae Adams in and Darren Waller's in and out of the lineup, and now Josh Jacobs, who we didn't even really think was going to be a big part of this offense, becomes a big part of this offense. It's a lot of, you know, quote unquote moving parts to this team, you know, the confidence with Derek Carr was shot for a lot of the year last year. Um, it, it was a lot for them to handle. And being in Vegas, and it wasn't as uh, drastic or dramatic or whatever words you want to use for their 2021 season and what happened with that, um, it, it, it might have been kind of weird for them to have a normal season. I think that might have also been part of it is that they've been so used to chaos from the year before that once they got back to like, oh, we're just we're just out here playing football that it didn't go as well. Um, <laughs> Usually you don't want to say that about I, I, once they go out and start playing football, they should be more comfortable. I mean, uh, hey, it's it's a little it's a little reverse thing going on of like they were so used to chaos and they were able to play off of it and they were you know able to run off fumes all the time and then when there's no chaos going on, you're just out there playing ball and it's just. It's it's smoothing it's too terrible. fast for you because you're not flying around. I know that the circumstances of what happened maybe aren't the best thing to be like. Oh, we need that to happen in Vegas again because we don't. Um, but, no. but it was a much, you know, obviously much improved from the Gruden situation as far as off the field stuff goes and really on the field stuff goes. I mean, we saw how poorly that team was ran for so many years as far as draft decisions and free agency decisions. Um, but you got to establish, I think they're going to try and establish the New England culture here again. Um, and they're making moves in the right direction. Obviously, we see them go get a Tyree Wilson at the top of the draft. They go sign a Jacoby Myers. They even make the tough decision to go get rid of Darren Waller. Um, offensive coordinator wise, Mick Lombardi is going to, he's been all around the block. He's been a part of a bunch of different systems. He's going to come in and help implement this option defense or offense. And then defensively, Patrick Graham, I think, is one of the best defensive coordinators we have in this league. His uh, 2021 season with the Giants was one of the best defensive coordinator jobs that I've seen in recent memory with the defense that he put out onto the field and how well that they played for how good they are on paper. Um, he's going to have to do a lot of the similar stuff here. We just talked about how poor that secondary is and really how poor that front seven is outside of those two or three edge guys. Um, it's it's he has, he has an ace in Max Crosby, but outside of that, he's playing, he's playing with a bunch of low numbers off suit. It's, it's pretty rough outside of Max Crosby. So we'll see how that works for him. 
but I'm really excited to see how he's able to handle this defense this year. But overall, we're still a little not so happy with the front or with the coaching staff here and uh, not a whole lot of optimism. Thank you. Thumbs down. That's a good, that's a good, that's a good one right there. Yes. Yes. That's my glowing analysis on Josh McDaniels and the rest of the coaching staff for the Las Vegas Raiders in 2023. Uh, But we on to the schedule as we start to wrap this up. Uh, Strength of schedule for the Las Vegas Raiders this year is 10th. And as you look down the schedule, this is going to be a really rough year, I think, man. Holy (laughs) shit. Like seven and a half wins is the over under in Vegas. And I'm going to take like this is by far the most comfortable under that I've taken. And so far, and it probably might be the most comfortable under that I take out of all the teams that we took, which might be a hot take. But this schedule, man, jeez, dude. I I don't know if you want to read it off or not, but goodness gracious. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to read through the whole thing, but I remember yeah. when I was doing the research for it, two of the three books had them at seven and a half wins. One of them had them at six and a half, and the first one is usually the one that I look at, but then I saw the other two, they were at seven and a half, and I was like, well, it's two out of three here. But I can't see them get to seven and a half wins. I don't know if I can see them get to six and a half wins because if you look at the schedule, man, they are playing within their own division, which remember if we talked about last season, obviously Denver is not, they don't have as high of expectations as they did this time last year. But we were talking about this division being the best division in the history of sports ever. And now, you know, it's still... It's a different story It's a a little bit of a different story. (laughs) You know, Vegas... Uh, underperformed last year. Denver underperformed last year. The Chargers even underperformed last year. So going into this season, though, still one of the better divisions of football. You have the reigning champion, Kansas City Chiefs. You have the Chargers, who are probably going to be right in the mix for the playoffs. And Denver, I think, still, even after what we saw last year, could be in the mix for the postseason. They have to play those teams twice. They also have to play the NFC North, which is a tough division in its own right. They also have to play the AFC East, which is a very tough division with Buffalo, Miami, New York. Josh McDaniels got to go play New England. Uh, is or New England comes to them, but you know what I'm saying. Um, this is yeah. a very tough schedule. If you really look at the schedule, there are two games that I can say they would be more than a toss-up in, and that is at home against Green Bay and on the road against Indy. Everything else, I'd say that they're, you know, at least two or three-point underdogs in every single game here. It's it's a really tough schedule. I think this is the highest strength of schedule we've seen to this point uh, at 10. Uh, so I'd be pretty strongly leaning on the under here. Yeah, I mean, very beautifully, my uh, podcast host friend. I don't. You're not a host. You're my podcast. Oh, but I don't. You're not a know. host. <laughs> Ouch. I don't even know what I'm trying to do here. Well, you're the producer because my Wi-Fi has been taken and my laptop has been taking a shit for weeks. Uh, uh, so thank you for that. But yeah, man, this like you can tell by how colorful the schedule is, how tough it is. I mean, all like is that is that what we do? Be... Is that is that how it's done? I mean, this is what we've had so far. Uh, I did but, try to do I mean, more of the accent bright colors as opposed to like Denver going with navy. I went with orange. You know, why not? Okay. Instead of a dark blue with the Giants, we went with red because technically there is no blue in that logo and I can't just pick that color. Uh, same thing with the Bears. We went with orange okay. instead of the navy. We went with red for the Patriots instead. Of the... We're just really, we're doing away with navy here at the Blitz Pod. 
Navy is okay. done. Starting to. All right. Let's do it. I am here for all the colorful schedules. Uh, but, yeah, strength of schedule, 10th hardest in the NFL coming off the season where you did not have a great season last year. So it's probably only going to get worse for Vegas here. And if they get into, like I said earlier, if they get into situations where they've got to, like, shoot it out, throw the ball a ton, I don't think Jimmy G can get that done, you know. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, they just can't get – and. If they go down big, which is pretty likely with this defense, I mean, they could be fucked and end up with, like, three wins all year. So, high range of outcomes. Uh, But we will see how it goes for the Vegas Raiders this year. As far as the offense goes, across the board at the Blitz pod, we have them ranked consensusly at 19, uh, which isn't too bad for the offense. You know, we mentioned how this – uh, group of playmakers is really impressive, and they could get some stuff done on offense this year. Uh, but the defense, we say a lot less for. Uh, we've got them ranked 28th across the board um, as podcasts, not too great there. And their championship window, it's closed. It's three to four years away, which is rough. And we were talking about it yesterday. It's so hard to categorize what this Raiders team is doing right now because it's like, their championship window might be three to four years away, but their playoff window, they're making moves as if it's right now. So I don't I don't know how to describe that, but I'll let you try. Yeah, and that was kind of the situation last year was them, like, I remember after last season, you know, they make the playoffs. They were projected to be one of the worst teams in the league. They threw the, all the adversity that we talked about. Go in, make the playoffs. Derek Carr is a fantastic year. Derek Carr has never been valued as high as he was last year. And I came on the show and I said, if you are Vegas and you see the Chargers load up, they go get J.C. Jackson, they bring back Mike Williams, you know, even with Kansas City letting go of Tyree Kill, they round out that roster a lot more. Um, And Denver going to get Russell Wilson to add to that roster that obviously didn't work out as we've seen. But we thought that it could have worked out. I remember saying, trade Derek Carr, blow this entire thing up. This roster was not good when they made the playoffs. And every week we came, we were doing power rankings, and every week I came and I said, this is terrible. How does this keep happening? This is not a good group. This is not a good group. And quite frankly, they should have done that. They could have gotten a first-round pick for Derek Carr if they traded him last offseason, if not a day-two pick. Instead, they extend him, and instead they had to cut him for nothing. And they wasted a year. Not to mention the fact that they traded for Devontae Adams to pair with Derek Carr. They traded a first-round pick. So instead of having two first-round picks, they had no first-round picks. And they just have this perpetual thought that they're going to be in it. Um, and here we are again. They go get Jimmy G, try and reload a little bit um, for this upcoming season. But the problem is, like you said, they're firmly. I mean, not firmly, but I would not be surprised if Vegas, I would be surprised. They could make the playoffs this year. Let's just hedge with that. They could make the playoffs this year for right. sure. With a healthy season for Jimmy Garoppolo, with a couple guys on the defense making some steps up, they could make the playoffs this year. But they aren't making the championship. They're not getting there. Just they can't with this roster. It's got too many holes. They don't have enough at quarterback. It would take like four or five miracles consecutively happening in a row. And quite frankly, because of the way that they've done this, where they've built this team for now, 
they would need to be, they're probably still pretty far away. Like it would need to be a Jimmy G gets hurt. We get Caleb Williams and we reload the defense. And then we jump into the championship window next year or two years from now for that to happen. And I can't see that happening. Like we haven't seen the championship window be open for the Raiders in 20 years. So I feel like I might be being kind and, you know, by saying that they're three to four years away, even though they've got a Devontae Adams, they have a Josh Jacobs on this. Why are you laughing? What's so funny? What's so funny, <laughs> Ken? Like, I think I'm being kind. I'm being kind by giving them the furthest uh, away I'm giving this window. team mercy. Yeah, you're welcome. Three to four years out. <laughs> I mean, any Raiders fan, please argue with me here. But... No, I agree. A champ, I'm with like, you 100%. And this is why this is so tough. And I feel like we we, do, we dive into a new like perspective on the championship window every episode, like independent of the team. How many teams are in the championship window right now? I mean, five to six, probably. How, how soon could the Raiders be one of the five to six best teams in the NFL? Like, if you look at their roster right now, obviously three to four years from now, four years from now, there might not be a single player on the team right now that's, you know, on the team three to four years from now. So, who really knows as far as that goes, but, like, I can't see this team having an avenue to getting to be one of the five or six best teams in the NFL because Jimmy G, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, they're going to win you five to six games. Like, I know that we set the under pretty easily at seven and a half, but they're not going to be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes as long as Jimmy G's there. Now... That's why the Jimmy G signing is interesting because this team, like we said, has continually said we're going to go in on this year, this year, this year. The point where we can't openly say we're going to tank this year and we're going to go for Caleb because, quite frankly, that's not going to work if you've got these guys and they're all healthy. But with Jimmy G's injury history, if he gets hurt and it is Brian Hoyer or it is Aiden O'Connell, they could kind of backdoor tank a little bit where if in week nine or week 10, Jimmy G's not feeling so well they sit him down for the rest of the year and they lose out (laughs) and that's 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 how you shorten this championship window i know that that's not what you want to hear as a fan base that's probably not what the gms and the coaches want to hear but if you want to open get closer around the circle again you've got to make tough decisions and quite frankly i i think you might want to consider maybe trading Devontae Adams this offseason if you were picking at 8 or 9 again and you don't have an avenue to a rookie quarterback you've got to think about it man because by the time you get a quarterback in there Devontae Adams value is not going to be what it is currently so it's surprising that Devontae Adams trades haven't been talked about more. I really, I agree with you. And we remember like early in the offseason, there were some rumors that he wasn't very happy with the Jimmy G signing. Um, and obviously probably wasn't very happy with them letting Derek Carr go either. Uh, just moving into the offensive rankings real quick so we can wrap this up. 19th. Again, I think this is our highest rated offense to this point. Um if we get a full season of Jimmy G, I will not be surprised that this is the top half unit. I know that's only moving up two to three spots, but Josh Jacobs was absolutely dominant on the ground last year. I don't think we're giving him enough credit for how good he was last year. He was probably the single best runner of the football that played a full season last year, not to mention he was um, still active in the passing game on like your Derrick Henrys, your Nick Chubbs, guys like that. Um, 
And with that group of weapons, it's it's one of the better groups in the league, especially a wide receiver running back pairing. That's about as good as it gets in Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams right now. But the problem is going yep. to be this defense. It's Max Crosby and everybody else. And there are going to be a lot of guys that need to take leaps for this team to get where they want to be on defense. And I just I can't see it happening from a group of, you know, there's not a lot of first-round pedigree. You know, there's Tyree Wilson on here. There, Obviously, Max Crosby, we know what we're going to get from him. Chandler Jones is a vet. And Jerry Tillery technically got selected within the first 32 selections in his draft. So that makes him a first-round player. But there's just not a whole lot of, like, potential that I see with this group. It's like the only guy that I could see taking a big jump is Trevon Morig. And even then, that's a safety. How much is that helping you? So... I think 28th is right, and I can't really see them being much higher than that unless Patrick Graham puts together an absolute masterclass on defense this year. Yeah, so it'll be an interest, yet another interesting season in Vegas. Uh, love it. We started the Vegas chapter, what, three years ago now? Mm-hmm. Or just two? Three. It, yeah, three yeah. years ago now. Yeah. So it's always interesting in Vegas and will continue to be interesting. And we can't wait to see what unfolds in the 2023 season. Yes, sir. Real quick, this may be a Mandela effect situation, but as of we know right now, so up top on that Raiders emblem, it says Raiders, right? Mm -hmm. Did at any point it say Oakland? Yes, absolutely. Okay, because I was like, I don't know if this is a Mandela effect situation, but I was sitting there thinking about it. I was like, didn't it used to say Oakland? And, like, I don't remember it, like, officially changing to say Raiders, but obviously when they moved to Vegas, it had to change to say Raiders. But I don't remember that happening. I feel like that was a signature. I I know. I remember that happening. Was a signature. I feel like, but I didn't want it to be, like, you know, the Mandela effect thing. But anyway. You can't blame me for calling the Raiders Oakland and the Chargers San Diego. I feel like, okay, I will give you Oakland. I feel like we're to the point now where we can't be, you can't say San Diego. There's two different teams in LA. I could say San Diego. Do you still Fuck say San, do you still say St. Louis? No. <laughs> so that's a double and standard. And I, I do think that the Rams did an excellent job. They're they're marketing their branding department by making their logo a big old LA. Because it did help you that see they it a lot. A, uh, it also helped that they like won a Super Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. yeah. Chargers, wake up. Not, yeah, exactly. You know, we have Once not you... we have not unveiled the Chargers on the Blitzpod power rankings, and we have unveiled the Rams. But they've got the Rams have some hardware. The Chargers don't have anything. Yeah, so, so. you can have a good football team all you want. I'm still going to call you San Diego unless you win the Super Bowl. So yep. uh, that'll be a fun season of calling teams by their different city names uh, that they used to have. Uh, can't wait for that, and can't wait to see what happens with this Raiders team this year. So. We will catch you guys later. Happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. Uh, Let's not have any Jason Pierre-Paul incidents by the end of this, huh? Yes. Yes. All right. Be safe out there, guys. We will catch you soon. Peace.